You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a physician and editor-in-chief of Maine, Maine Home Design, Old Port, Ageless, and Moxie Magazines. Love, Maine Radio show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com, grownupgirl.com, where you can get personalized guidance and encouragement for growing a simple yet vibrant life through free advice, workshops, and mentoring programs with local experts. You deserve to shine. Go to grownupgirl.com now to learn about our available programs and classes designed just for you in the Portland area. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port, 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the works of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormaine.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel, a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where everybody is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com. Brian Andres is a master storyteller and creator of Story People, and Fia Sky is a teaching artist and founder of 100 Ways North. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having us. You've both um, come to Maine relatively recently, I believe. Yes, we had a workshop at the Telling Room in last September in 2017, and uh, we found a place to rent, and we were here by October 1st. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been looking for two years. We've been driving all over the country looking for a, a place to call home, and we uh, had such fun here, and it was such a gorgeous fall that we assume that that's what weather would be like all the time. Right. <laughs> wow. So how do you feel like the joke's on you? Is that the uh, way no, this it was interesting. Out? It was an interesting transition. So Why storytelling? What is it about that particular genre that has appealed to you? You want to take yeah, that? Yeah, well, for me, it's very, uh, I've, you know, I've spent the last 20 years um, balancing life as a professional actor and then teaching in academia, and I just recently left. Um, to go ahead and freelance and do all of that, take all of those skill sets that you use in performance about communication and story and body and voice and take it into daily life because it's it's really useful. And so the thing that, that we focus on is this idea of how your story about things can actually move the tissues in your body because there's no separation between your mind and body. And so the stories that you believe not only you know anchor your mind, but they they actually affect the way you move, and they can age you, or they can completely free you up in this. And so we look at story. That's part of what we do is we look at story and how it affects um, your actual physiology. Well, and and then then there's that other aspect of storytelling, which is that once upon a time thing. That so often as adults we become, oh, this is real. Oh, this is how it is. This is the truth. And everything that we know about brain science and everything that we know about storytelling is that it's true when you say it's true. And so stories are incredibly powerful at uh, working with Thea and, and how, um, how it affects the body. I, I, I come at it more from the, the sheer lilt of uh, being able to create on an ongoing basis. So uh, I've been telling stories for forever. Partly, I grew up with a bunch of Lutherans who love to tell <laughs> stories, so I was I, I I come by it naturally. 
So. Is is it because they're a Lutheran that they like to tell stories? I didn't realize that was a connection. No, I don't. You know, it, it's funny. I'm not sure that it is. It's just my in my particular experience, I have uh, I come out of a Norwegian Lutheran background. The whole Garrison Keeler kind of thing, and and I had a bunch of of uh, relatives who were inveterate. Well, I was about to say liars, but they're really good storytellers. So, so it was always something that thrilled me to hear what my, you know, my uncle August would tell me about the invention of blood, or how to, you know, like how to tame a rattlesnake, or you know, those things. We go, wow, that is. I don't know if it's true, but it's really cool. So, yeah, it's just stories are really powerful. They locate us and they guide us, and they also they keep us in a place too. Yeah, in a way, you know, they they give you this this protection and this security, and you take a lot of stock in it, and that can hold you sometimes. So you shift one element. I mean, it, it happens all the time. Your day is going in a certain way. A piece of information will fly in at you, and it changes the entire context. And so that's how story happens. And so we look at it, and you think, okay, how can you not get so anchored in space? By what you think is true and by these stories that you believe and then what are some really creative ways you can play with that so it doesn't get into this really bogged down self-help kind of thing that is nobody's really interested in, yeah, you know? yeah it's i mean the thing the thing that i think we love to play with a lot is uh that stories are fluid and yet the things that as fia says that hold us and in and like contain us like this is a space an intimate space that we live in lovely but when we uh, uh stop moving that stop remembering that we can make a different story we lose our own ability to function in the moment and uh that's where it, where we love to play with it is 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 stories constantly being fluid and um, in response to what's going on like uh, you know Fia saying a piece of information comes in you know like like suddenly this person you've been having difficulties with for months all of a sudden you see them as the child they are and how that they're they're really doing the best they can and you have a completely different story about them and you treat them differently because of it so it's intriguing. We we both love stories. So I'm interested in this um, in a large in, in in large part because of all the time I've spent as a doctor and mm -hmm. knowing that people's I mean what you're saying is absolutely true that people's stories really impact their health. They really impact their bodies. Um, when someone stays stuck in the way they framed something for maybe decades, mm. um, it can negatively impact so much of their inner and outer lives and the people around them. And it's been really interesting to see when something shifts and they come in and, and all of a sudden things are so much better for them. And when you parse it out, it often is because either they've got a new piece of information, as you've said, or they've reframed the way that they've dealt with it. Right, and it can happen quickly. That's the exciting thing, yeah. is that, I mean, you can do this today. It's not as if this is like a 12-step <laughs> program that's going to cost you so much blah, 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 and this much time. It really is just like flipping a switch and saying, what if? What if this is also true? Or what if, you know, what are these ways that you can you really basically get beyond your opinion of something um, and look at um, we kind of play with it 
again, this comes from from my from you know he's been writing for years and and drawing and uh, an artist, and so he comes at story in this really beautifully visual way, and I come at it through words as a text coach, and so I look at it and I think, well, you know, what are the non-negotiables? Well, okay, well the day, whatever day is, that's a non-negotiable. Although in another country, it might be into another day. So even that <laughs> See, gets would, a little hairy. I, I would totally <laughs> yeah. argue with you because, you know, how often do we, just as an example, how often do you go, you know, you'll, you'll be in a checkout line and you go, what day is it? What day is it? And someone will go, well, it's Thursday. And you go, ah, I totally thought it was Tuesday. So no, the day is a negotiable as well. Right, kind of, sort of. Or we can <laughs> say that, yes, we're in Portland, Maine. You know, so there is that. But then there's, but even when you get into a relationship and you say, well, this is my my husband and this means this is not true really you can say okay yes they were married on the state and this is when whatever you know but then beyond that everything is really opinion and it's all shades of gray so so there's a lot of um i th see i think it's fascinating too because as soon as you get locked into this idea of of what a habit is which is just simply choosing the same thing over and over and then creating myelin and then the body memory of something like that and so when you introduce something new it's like a whole world opens up and that can happen at any age um, in any relationship even with your job and and everything and so it's and the, the thing that's really fabulous about it is that it's empowering because you're the only one that can do it you know it's because you're the only one that can really because your mind you know because the mind and body are linked as you well know you can't lie to yourself if you're not, you can have all the mantras you want all over your walls, but if you're not actually behind it, your body knows it. And so there's this this chaos and this, this well, stress. What, well, what's the thing that you, that you had said that you're, when, when you were first starting the Alexander work going, oh, I had a different uh, sense of m muscle and skeletal relationships. And so I, my body was trying to do that even though it's not possible right so you get attention in there when we have an idea of um, how things are and it's not actually the reality of it your body's gonna do its best to try and to back you up even if it's not possible and so you're you know you're carrying tension like in some weird ways because you've said well this is this is how I function best in the world it's like that is not true right. it's, it's, so I there's mean, a balance between how the body actually works and then what you do in life Tell me about the Alexander work that you're doing. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of uh, certifying in this particular technique. F.M. Um, Alexander was an actor, uh, Australian actor, orator at that time, and he kept losing his voice on stage. And he was trying to figure out why, and he went to doctors, and he tried all of these different things, and it didn't stop it. And so he went into this lifelong inquiry that basically um, the way you use your body um, affects the overall quality of function of living. And so he looks specifically at the spine and head uh, skull relationship so that if there's any sort of pressure, um, it impacts the whole rest of the body. And that affects the way that you function, not just with grace and flexibility and adaptability, but because the mind is connected to it. I could have a thought that is, has tension that's going to ripple all the way through my tissues. And so it's really about not just ease and uh, grace and moving the way that you are originally designed to move um, but it's also keeping a flexible flexible space and flexible thoughts at the same time so it's very much psychophysical work 
is what it is. A lot of people use it for performance, a lot of musicians, dancers, you know, so you get a dancer that says, oh, I should be able to move like this. And you look at the actual structure of the body and you think, your body's not going to move that way. <laughs> you want it to. <laughs> this is where it is, you know. So but you I, get some I have a vision. I have a vision of how it can happen. It's like, yeah. Mm -mm, right. But what I love happen. is when I'm walking up the stairs and I think, well, how many times do I walk up this three flight of stairs, this house where we live right now? And I think, you know, over time, if I'm not doing that with with my physiology in mind, that's going to impact my joints, especially over years. And so we find that these daily moments are kind of like connective tissue in between the big extraordinary events. But we don't always think about these little moments between the hallway, between here and here, or getting from work to home. And those in-between moments really make up the bulk of a life. And so if you can in, be in those with grace, and awareness, um, I, you know, it, it changes the way you are. And when you're more balanced, you feel good, you're kinder. You well, can and adapt more, and it's just, it's a lot, I don't know, I think it's a secret to world peace. Well, and, then, <laughs> and I would also throw in the thing that you just said, that we, our stories tend to focus on the, you know, like the, the dramatic lightning bolt moment, like, <laughs> let's now suddenly understand everything. Um, and yet, the majority of our life is those quiet moments. So why wouldn't we orient our stories around the the beauty of those moments, and so that we're we're actually in our story regularly, as opposed to waiting for that moment at which our life really starts. You know, how often do we get stuck in that? Well, my real life is going to start when I do this, or when I do this, then I'm going to be able to do that. Like right now, you're we're sitting here. We're I mean, it's lovely simply sitting here, and you can just feel the feel the being here why wouldn't we have a story about that so it's that's the intersection of some of the things we do is there a story that the two of you could share with people who are listening now about i'm not telling you my about, stories <laughs> about, you could use it against about, me no about what about in, in terms just of as a good example of of the type of work that you do when you are doing a workshop, for example, do you actually use a story and say, you know, let's pick this apart a little bit? Uh, well, the thing that comes to mind isn't actually something that well, we did in a workshop, but I, um, um, I was at a, a, a meeting, let's see, a seminar a while back, and a woman got up and said, um, I come from a family where I wasn't loved. Everyone ignored me all the time, absolutely all the time. And now my mother, after 20 years, has been contacting me saying that she wants me to come to Christmas and I'm not going to go to Christmas where they're just going to simply ignore me and not love me just like they always did. And we walked, kind of walked through that. And, and so <laughs> my friend said to her, so your mother is asking you to come specifically to come so that she can see what you're up to and she can tell you all the ways she loves you and misses you and she said yeah but i'm not going to fall for that i'm not going to fall for that at all and so he went through a little bit more a little bit more and finally it's um he said so so what do you think he says i think my mom loves me and i haven't seen it for a very long time and you could see the change in her body because instead of that compression of being I'm not loved and no one you know it's like phew, suddenly you're not carrying that anymore so that's that's a way that stories work and I would say in terms of a workshop um, 
You know, there are a lot of creativity workshops out there right now that work a lot with imagination, but what we also look at is how are you holding the pen? And how are you sitting? And where is the actual flow in your body? Is your whole body riding? Because anytime you breathe, your spine is moving. You know, and if your whole body, rather than I, I just, I, I have to get my mind, you know, in my mind, and even when I do that, it scrunches my spine and I get a little close to my screen or I, you know, curl up, you know, and you think, wow, wow, what if you open all of this up and then start writing? What part of you physiologically actually needs to, just really the tip needs to hit the page, you know, and create little scratches that then later we'll look at as language and words and thoughts. So how can we, stop pressing in you know we have this thing with our relationship with our cell phones that really closes us in and forward and down and so you know you look at these habits when we're creating things when we're cooking when we're having really important conversations with people we care about and we're actually physically making ourselves smaller so one of the things we do in our workshop is we we kind of pit you into that actually we pit you into your habit and then we say hey what if what how else can this look how else can this physically, can we physically offer some other possibilities in this moment that then you can choose from? She does something called ghosting where she'll move through the workshop and while people are doing what they're doing, we'll just like touch them lightly and go, well, you know, what about that? I mean, it can be really irksome too. Cause like when I'm typing, you know, when I'm typing and I'm going <laughs> and pounding the keys, she'll go, you know, you could simply just touch the key. It's like, yeah, you don't understand what I'm writing right now. <laughs> but it changes the what you write, I think. I think that it's all connected. And I'm just curious of like, oh, okay, wait, if I read that email, can I open up more? What happens? When a moment when I want to close, what happens if I, if I just allow the whole, the whole thing to be in the space with me? And remember, I've got three-dimensional space and... All of that. So, so, mu so it's much stuff of you already is, know how to do. It's just reminding you. That's it. And it's a practice. It's uh, the thing that we've both seen is that you can get the information all you want, but if you don't practice, it's not doing you any good. So, we really do focus on let's get you into a practice for you, not like oh, do these five steps and your you know your life will suddenly open up and you know there'll be butterflies everywhere and bluebirds like a Disney film. No, it's a. Uh, it's what's the thing that you feel good right now when you do it and continue to do that and how do you remember that? So, pretty simple. Is it also that telling the story in the first place has um, power that maybe people don't recognize? Because there are times when I've been with people who have a story that's locked so deeply inside of them that they don't even recognize how much of an impact it's having. And when they start to write it down or when they start to talk about it, something really shifts in the way that they interact with the world. Yeah, that, that's a great point. It is a great point because, you know, I don't know how many times we hear, oh, it's just the way it is. Huh. It's just the way it is. And you think, well, it's going to continue to be that way as long as we say that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're speaking it. We're, we are creating existence. We're creating history with every choice we make. And then all of a sudden wondering why that's our history. So it, but there's, absolutely, you hang the words in space and you can see them. It's, but there's also it's in, it, there you are, it also sounds like you were saying that sometimes people aren't even addressing the fact that there's a story mm -hmm. so they have to speak it first is that there is no one size fits all on story but there is a 
uh, I think there is a being in relation to, let's see, how do you say that, not overly abstract, but it's being in the now of your life. So if you've never spoken your story, a good place to start is speaking your story. Um, but after you've spoken that story a few times, a good place to be is, is that story even true? But you can't be at that place, is that story even true, if you've never ever spoken the story. So, and at the point where, I mean, we're at, I, I make up stories constantly just to try it out. Because, oh, well, what's this, what if I, what, what if my story is I'm actually eight feet tall, but I'm in a five foot ten body. So, you know, I'll play, so you can play with that. It's not true, I know it's not true, but I, I, I recognize stories are completely fluid. So I'm at a different place in story. I wouldn't expect somebody who's never, you know, has had some sort of, had trauma or uh, assault, uh, who's never ever said anything. I wouldn't expect them to be in the same place around story that I am. Right, and sometimes creating a little bit of distance, like you take a universal story, you take someone else's story, and you say, well, let's just look at this, and that extra bit of distance, there's enough of a gap where someone can navigate their own space between. So it just kind of depends on the workshop, and you know, as you know, it depends on who you're working with, who comes into the room, about which doorway you take, but it's all the same room, basically. As we've been talking, I was thinking, I don't know why this came up in my mind, but about um, watching specifically young women who are maybe asked to come up on a stage to accept an award and the way that so many of them, and I have two young daughters, well, they're not young anymore, I guess one's 22 and one's 17, but I've watched them as young oh, women. Oh, that's still pretty young. It's youngish, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I watched them through their very young stage to their young women's stage. and. And I saw this over and over again, that young women tend to hunch down. They try to make themselves smaller, especially the tall women, tall girls. That, and I've, as a tall woman, I've done this myself, where you figure if you just hunch over, mm -hmm. then maybe you, you won't take up so much space. So what you're saying about um, the way that we even arrange our bodies in the world is going to change the way that we interface with it and really change the way that other people interface with us. It's remarkable. The other thing that happens, look how many photos there are with women with their head tilted where they're still making themselves smaller. It's just to the side, a little bit to the side. You know, so you have um, what, I, what I think of as physical qualifiers in the same way that we, we say, well, I just, I was like, you know, and it's just less direct and it's a bit of an apology and it makes you a little bit what you think is nicer or kinder, a little bit more able to be dealt with, um, but it's not altogether true. And there's a squish in the spine and a little bit of a tightening and I think of it as a filter. And I don't think we need them. I don't think we need them because I think over time, you know, as a doctor, you know, over time that patterning begins to grow and it, and it actually, you know, it changes your bones. It moves your bones. <laughs> so, so you think, what if there's another way? But yeah, absolutely. I see that with young, young women all the time. I think I hear, you know, baby girl voices, what I talk, you know, where I think, wow, do you know, you've got a two octave range naturally and just what if you use that every single day? What would that be like? What would that, how would that be different for you? And what might that feel like? And how might you move through the world? And what kind of permission might that inspire in someone else? So I think it really, really matters. And, and this, this weirdness about gender identity right now too in terms of what strength looks like and what it sounds like. 
um, I, I think we're in a really fabulous place to explore a whole new way of being with all of this a great striation of generations right now um, so it's a it's an incredible place of possibility from uh, and in you know from a young male standpoint um, it, um, different different things happen mm -hmm. but still the same thing it's like trying to uh, um, ways of being less direct about what's going on uh, but you know, young males tend to be more. What is it? Your your third circle, your first second. Well, there's third a circle. sense of you know where women tend to cave. Young men. This is totally a gross generalization. It's not true of all the time. But sometimes there's that puff up, right? There's that buildup of the pectoral muscles, so that there's a there's almost like a shield. <laughs> it is here, a shield right? from a from an Which, experience of male. It is. It's where your shield, shield right? From and it. so what that does physically is you're you're physically less flexible. And so, again, the mind-body, if you're physically less flexible, it's chances, a really good chance that you're, you might, you know, emotionally or mentally be less flexible. And so what is this idea of being, you know, vulnerability is a scary word, but really it's just available to be influenced, being willing to be in the space in a place of equality. She often, Fia often talks about wanting to work with young women, though. I mean, they'll... Um, watching, we're like we'll see, we'll see someone, or like when we went to TED, and see the way uh, um, young women will present, and just like, because <laughs> 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 it is, it's in some ways, it's very simple. If you when you when you catch someone doing something with their body, you go, oh, we can uh, unwind that thread. We can follow that and go, where is that? Where's the story you're carrying about that, that that is a solution? Because that's one of the Alexander things is like, there's nothing wrong. It's all a solution to um, how you see the, you know, the situation at the moment. So you're solving something. Are you solving what's in the space or are you solving something that you're carrying from 10 years ago though? That's the question. So. Right. You have done a workshop with the telling room. What is next in your what's in your life plan? Well, he's he's working on a couple different books here. Um, some uh, the, in the genre of story people and uh, also a novel. I mean that you can talk about. It. <laughs> I can't really talk about. It. I'm not talking about it. Okay, so you're I, right. No, you're writing. No, I know. I'm. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing and uh, and. Uh, um, I the I guess the easiest explanation is that I'm listening for where I'm headed because uh, I don't know yet. It would be lovely. I've never been one of those the people who have the idea and then go and execute it. It's like the idea is an excuse to start figuring out what the real thing is. So I'm in the middle of figuring out what that thing is. And then as far as workshops, we. We had been setting up some around the country, but then Fia decided that she was going to have her hip hip yes. operated on. I've been having some, I, yeah, yeah, but um, but it's great. I just spoke with a woman in Charlotte, and we're just um, I'm setting up something down there in April for that that weaves together silent narratives and some of this work. And then we we're going to talk to Celine actually about offering something else in the telling room, perhaps here in the spring, a three day workshop on story and body. So. So we're still we're navigating that within the next hopefully two weeks we'll have those up on the site ready to go. The I, I, the thing I would say that that even as we were driving over, um, we like to do the thing that is really intriguing to us. So um, we're not really all that good at going well. 
now this is what we're known for so we should do you know 12 of those next year it's like we're not really all that interested in that let's take what are we interested in then let's do something on that and there's a bigger conversation about what's happening in the world and so what's what are the spaces you know that's that's one thing i was speaking with um this woman who's at a yoga studio and we I, you know we were just talking about who are the women that are coming into the room and what are the questions they're having and what kind of classes are they signing up for and what seems to be in the space and you know you read the newspapers <laughs> all over the country and say what are the dialogues that are happening and saying what kind of spaces do we need to hold that and are, what, are the, what are the conversations that aren't happening yeah too? that it's we like want to have right so that it's a we're not trying to repair anything we're actually moving forward and so there's a lot of listening um, right now and saying what do we want to be talking about and what are the words we want to be using and how do we want to be in space together and how can we facilitate a space where that can happen and so it's a little hard right now to get ahead too far ahead because every day there's a big title in the newspaper that changes piece of information flies in and it just shifts things a little bit so so yeah we're so we the short answer is we have no idea yeah we're, we're in motion <laughs> We're in motion, but yeah, we have them listed. We'll have them listed in the, on the site, though. <laughs> what was it about Maine that caused you to really dramatically change the way you decided to live? Um, it was the people, the people that we met that were really. I mean, it's beautiful. There's there's no question about it. But there are lots of places across the country that are extraordinary in in terms of the wild spaces. But you know, the people that we met on the week that we were here. Um, there's a really great directness and uh, and we were coming out of the Midwest where directness is not a value there's a bit all. of a sheen and we're both from the Midwest so we feel like <laughs> we can say so, that Norwegian you know, Lutheran like a, from the Midwest yeah, no, so. there's just a real there's a real um, directness and a real sense of care and Maine is not an easy state to live in you know, always it's it, so there's a so there's a, a sense of people that have that live here. It feels like they chose to be here, and that, there's and a that's lot a really, of working together that is amazing that you yeah. just don't see in all the communities. Yeah. So. And that thing, I think it's it really is hard to un, uh, overestimate the value of of choosing a place. I mean, like when you choose whether you choose an aspect of your life or the, the moment that you're in, you have a different relationship to it. So it's like the culture here is very, it's interesting that way. We like it quite a bit. I've been speaking with Brian Andreas, who is a master storyteller and creator of Story People and with Fia Sky, who is a teaching artist and founder of 100 Ways North. I look forward to, I guess, seeing and hearing what you where your path takes you. I really appreciate this conversation today. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you very much. Dr. Zach Mazzoni, DO, created Dayspring Integrative Wellness in Bath, Maine, with the belief that true health comes from building healthy relationships with your community, with your doctor, and with yourself. As a board-certified family and integrative medicine physician, Dr. Mazzoni and the whole staff at Dayspring are committed to supporting your wellness journey by providing integrative family medical care, osteopathic manipulation, herbal and lifestyle consultations, counseling, and wave therapy. Dayspring offers an innovative membership-based model of healthcare that gives you time together with Dr. Mazzoni to build a personalized wellness plan based on your health goals. Daily access for acute appointments is available, and you can even schedule a secure video conference call in the privacy of your own home. 
I know Dr. Zach and his family, and I believe strongly in the personalized, whole-person approach to health that he provides. This is why I am encouraging you to find out more for yourself by visiting dayspringintegrativewellness.com or by calling them directly at 207-751-4775. Dayspring, wellness the way it should be. Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristel, Portland Art Gallery, Art Collector Maine, grownupgirl.com, and by Dayspring Integrated Wellness. Our editorial producer is Kate Gardner. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasick. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Andrew King and Dr. Lisa Belli. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.